I'm Brooke. I'm Ryan. And we famously gave you the definitive rankings of the Kingdom Hearts worlds. But we're not stopping there. Full disclosure, we still don't know a lot about games. But we're PhDs in Kingdom Hearts. Kind of. Boss by boss. Tune by tune. Melody by memory. We're going to make you fall in love with the game again. And also with us. Maybe. So hop aboard the cricket cage of Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. The podcast. The podcast. Ryan, another day, another destiny. Islands, how is your hot toddy? Oh, this hot toddy is curing this sick little soul. I'm like hyper fixated on this hot toddy. Um, what is in a hot toddy? Thank you for asking. So it's um, it's supposed to be lemon juice, whiskey, maybe a little ginger, hot water, and honey. Just things that are very good for decongesting. But I realized I didn't have any lemon. Wow. I had no lemon. So I was like, what? So I made some like nice apple cinnamon tea and it really got the job done. And then my follow-up question is which Kingdom Hearts character do you most see drinking a hot toddy? I feel like Merlin. Yeah. I was going to say Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see Winnie the Pooh drunk ever. I do. But I don't know that he necessarily drinks to get drunk. But I do feel like I could picture Winnie the Pooh just like winding down with a hot toddy. Yeah. He does have a bit of an addictive personality though. Like, Yeah. Which of the like Square Enix characters? Sid. Interesting. What do you think? I think Luxord. Playing cards. Yeah. Drinking a hot toddy. Driving boats. Driving boats. Speaking of, and not really segue, segue. I need a cat update, so I need to know if there's been a cat purchased and if the cat is named, what the cat is named. So Mars Hair. Mars Hair, I need you to, to tell us. So please, please write us. Update us on the cat, please. Put it in the mailbox with the tongue, aka DM us. I had two glasses of wine at lunch, and so I feel sleepy. <laughs> so I'm not drinking right now. <laughs> I like... Promptly came home and took a nap. The luxurious life. I can't. I can't drink during the day. And neither can I. Apparently. I, <laughs> and if you're like Brooke, why are you drinking wine at lunch on a Wednesday? Um, I will tell you more about it next week. But I am. I'm going to wait until there's some things signed before I do anything. Woman of mystery. Woman of mystery. You know, and that's what they've always said about me. <laughs> We're we're doing two two juicy two juicy worlds today, or one like really juicy world today, and then we're just dipping our toe into another world, um, in terms of bosses. But we're starting in Hollow Bastion, um, which is like what our number two ranked world of all time. Two is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's beloved. Well, first of all, before we get into it, Ryan, how and where are you on your current playing journey? Yeah, so I'm actually, uh, I'm done with Hollow Bastion. I just beat it. Hollow Bastion 1? Hollow Bastion 1 and 2. So I defeated Riku Ansem, and then I went back and defeated the Behemoth in the colorful keyhole. And um, now I'm just hanging out there and about to go into End of the World. It's it's such a special game, yeah. Do you think you're going to play on, or do you think you're going to stop and then play Hogwarts Legacy? 
I'm definitely going to play Hogwarts Legacy. I'm having this moment where I feel like I need a break from Kingdom Hearts. Like, I think it's time for me to expand my horizons a little bit, maybe play another game, maybe advance the plot in my life with the time and energy I'm putting into Kingdom Hearts. But I don't know if you do this. Like, I like to play when I'm doing something else. So if I'm watching a show, I'll play while I'm watching the show or I'll listen to an audiobook. I'll play. And so I feel like I'm being productive. I'll, I'll be on a work meeting. I'll play. Um, so I, I feel like it's productive multitasking. I depend, like, I feel like with Kingdom Hearts, I love listening to it so much that I don't do it as much with Kingdom Hearts as I do with like, but like with Zelda, I did that. I watch all of Vanderpump rules while playing Zelda. I'm listening to like a lot of uh, fantasy audiobooks right now while I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy. If anyone has read or listened to Akatar and you want to talk about it, feel free to ping me. Uh, I'm current I just started Fourth Wing, which is a lot of dragon content. Um, I'm not very far in it yet. I am chapter six of Fourth Wing. So um yeah and i've i've entered my fantasy era wow i mean do you strongly recommend any of them because i'm in the middle of an audiobook that i'm obsessed with that i don't know what i'm doing it ends what which one <sighs> I, I i regret bringing it up now um it's the you know jk rowling writes those um uh -huh. mystery novels under the pseudonym i love them i think they're so good the two main characters are so lovable and she's such a good mystery writer and this one is set at a cult. Mm. I love cults. Like it's, I love it's... I love cults too. Um, have you read Ninth House? No. Ninth House is culty. I think mysteries. I just listened to a what's called a cozy mystery. Um, it it's a murder mystery that takes place at a yarn store. It's called On Skeen of Death, and there's apparently three of them. So I'm I'm waiting for the other the second one to be available at the library. So I can do that. I think you would really like A Court of Thorn and Roses, the series. And they're really good audiobooks. And I would love to talk to you about them. Um, they're very trendy right now. What's it akin to? I don't know because I haven't really listened or read fantasy before. So I'm, I'm actually not a good person to ask. But I think like the world building is really fun. And like, I think you would like it. It's like romancy a little bit, like especially the last book is like graphically romancy. Um, I mean, like it's not. It's like technically YA, so I would say I don't want to say it's anything like Harry Potter because it's not. But like in the way that like it's Harry Potter, like six and seven are written for like an older young audience. I think at least the first couple Akatars are. Um, but they're like, they're like long. The first one is like 16 hours and then the, like, they get in, they're like 20 something hours. Ryan, when you listen to an audiobook, what? <laughs> I love that this has become like a lifestyle podcast. We're like really evolving. Um, <laughs> um, what, what speed do you listen to audiobooks on? It depends how much I love it. Like if I am enjoying it, I'll just listen to it one like speed one, because I want it to last. But I usually listen to a book at like 1.5 or... Yeah, I like I like like 1.4 is where I like to live. Because I feel like that not... Even if I love it, I'm like, this speed feels like how I think and how I read. 
And one, especially with the fantasies, I feel like they are talking so slowly that I'm just like, let's go. There's got to be a word for that feeling of a like getting used to someone's voice. Because, you know, if you go from like 1 to 1.4 or to 1.7, it sounds so weird for the first like 15 seconds. Then all of a sudden you're just used to it. Yeah. I, I toggle a lot. Like the one I'm listening to now i'm just like i want to like enjoy every last minute i also want a time to finish in kingdom hearts so i can like finish them both at one time there's like a 30 34 hour audiobook really what's it called it's called the running grave is that the is that is it one of a series yeah it's the seven the series is great though it's really really good there's maybe like two that are a little bit duddy but what's the first one called the cuckoo's calling Oh, yeah. Here we go. There he is. I'm going to place a hold. 16 hours. Okay. Available soon. All right. I think you'd love it. I've reached my holds limit for this card. <gasps> I'll do this later. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're in the library in Hollow Bastion. That's segue, segue. I love the Libby app. Sponsor us, Libby. The, the Libby app. We arrive at Hollow Bastion and our best friend has just stolen our two new best friends and then we fight him in a, in a foyer. Um, and it's, you know, it's not our first time technically fighting Riku. We fought him on the beach with some wooden sticks. And that's not a euphemism. Um, but this is our, like, first real-time fight with Riku. Um, I forget, do Donald and Goofy help you with him? Yes, right? Because they defend, they like come to your rescue. My friends are my powers is an iconic scene. Mm-hmm. And actually, Goofy's the one who turns against Donald. He's like, well, I'm not going to abandon Sora. Like, sorry, Donald, tell the king that I couldn't do it. And then Donald has a change of heart. But Goofy's the one that leads the charge. That makes sense. That makes sense. But then Sora summons the Keyblade back and, and it all doesn't matter. It's like it never happened. Exactly. Um, how do you feel about the Riku boss fight, Ryan? I think it's knowing what comes later. It feels like a preview. This is just a preview. And I think that <laughs> it... <laughs> did you get that? Um, yeah, it feels like you get to see what Riku can do. But um, it's not It's not that great. I think it's easy I think it's a nice intro to the Holobastion foyer, but it's a four <laughs> for me. Um, I have him as easy too. Um, yeah, there's not much to it. I think like that really sent me, Ryan. Um, Ryan just referenced like. Can we explain that? I, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it just, it all comes back to our origin story that like you, I'm far too sober to talk about. Um, but let's just say that there was a, uh, um, the, the, I, I don't have the words if I'm, I, I, no. The under the underlying theme of this podcast is us, us working through our past trauma through the Kingdom Hearts series. Anyway. I think he's easy, but I did give him, I gave him a six. I think it's like a six. A six? I give it a six, yeah. Yeah, he's, he doesn't have any great moves. He just kind of hits you with his sword and like bolts around the place like a like a lo chill clobster. And then we get... Another of our favorite type of boss battles, which is Disney villain, two-part form change. Form one, Maleficent, she's in her in her pedestal era, um, and she's floating around. You can bring her down. She's summoning um, 
rhinos and ghoulies, the official heartless names, let me tell you. And um, I think that this is also easy comparatively to the next form. Because, like, you just got to whack the f- – you you got to whack the pedestal or you can use gravity, Gravigo, wherever you're at in your gravity journey um, to bring her <laughs> – so we've got to bring her down and then we'll just whack a, whack a mile. So I gave her easy, but I think she's better than Riku, one. So I gave her a 7.25. I love that there's a little bit of, like – a precursor to this battle where there are chests that are sitting on platforms that sort of like teach you and sort of foreshadow what you're about to do when she's on her platform. Um, I just love the room. The environment in the castle chapel is so cool. Uh, I love, I don't think she's very hard. Like if you're just on the platform with her, she just sort of stands there and whacks you with her staff and goes, no. And there is one one thing um, that actually I thought was interesting that my my friend Mud Arrow said is that when they like when she does the the comets the like balls of magic oh the, the meteors of heaven yeah sorry excuse me unleash the thy fury yes um when it was remastered for Final Mix and sixty p fpss. It like made them pretty, pretty challenging to avoid, which I thought was really interesting. Like the the like because the the frame moved quicker, it like made it harder to avoid them. I'm so glad you brought that up because I died like three times fighting Maleficent. Because if you're if you're not out of the way for those meteors of heaven, it's game over. Like if you're in the main, um, would you call it the nave of the chapel? If you're not in the round part where you're out of the way, if you get hit once or twice you're dead. And that happened to me more times than I'd like to admit, considering I consider this boss easy. So I guess I got to give her a medium. A meteor medium. A me- medium of heaven. Unleash thy fury. Um, yeah, I, I love all her magic. It's, it's cool FX. Like, just even like her conjuring the lightning storm of doom or whatever. It's a moody, fun fight. And it feels like it's worthy of her being the mistress of all evil. So I'm going to shock no one by giving this a high score of 8.5. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. So you beat her. You're like, hallelujah. And then Riku's like, well, I have a Keyblade too. And my Keyblade can pull things in people's hearts. Because at this point, he's Riku, Ansem Riku. And you can tell that. I don't know if you knew this. You can tell that because there's two voices talking at one time. Billy Zane and David Gallagher. And then we fight Dragon Maleficent, who, go on. Well, I just love when she's walking in. I feel like this is a running trope of Maleficent. Like, you beat her once, and then she doesn't die. She just clutches her chest and, like... like breathes so dramatically heavy and just like stalks around i i kind of love it well that's because she's a musical theater bitch and she just performed a great number pity a woman alone with limited wind and the meteors of heaven what i found interesting watching these cutscenes back is that like it implies that riku giving her darkness is what gives her the ability to turn into a dragon but like famously Maleficent can turn into a dragon. 
Brooke, we are we are always connected because I thought the same thing. Because in like Birth by Sleep, she acts like it's no big thing to become a dragon. Like I can do that next next Tuesday. I can do it in the next fifteen minutes. No big deal. Maybe it just maybe he just like gives her the strength, like to to like the <laughs> to to. To like heal, maybe that's like darkness heals her, and she's like, "All right, yeah. let me let me unleash the beast." What do you think of big flying Maleficent dragon? Not flying, actually. I think she's hard. She, the, I think the yellow, the yellow balls of fire are much more formidable than the meteors of heaven. Great, good, good, great balls of fire. Um, I think she's a hard, but I don't think she's like that much more fun. I, I think she's – I remember dying. I always die a ton. I think she's an eight. Yeah. This is another one that you just kind of have to work up to. Like, it's a point in the game where it could be a few weeks before you move on. Weeks? I don't – like, the first time I ever played. When you were 11? Yeah, when I was 11. I'm 11 I had a lot of trouble with it, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I just need to go grind, which is – I was, like, so anti-grinding when I was a kid. I'd be like – I'm just going to get this. But it is a little repetitive, right? Well, not just because I grew up in the Footloose town. <laughs> what does that even mean? No dancing, no grinding? <laughs> yeah. Wait, was was grinding all the rage when you were in middle school? Of course. Much high school? Yeah. Do kids still grind? Grinding is awful. No, I think kids twerk now. I feel so old. Air grinding. Did you get ground ground upon? No, I was the grinder. You were the grinder. I was supposed to be. I mean, you know, I was awkward and had my, but yeah, like I would grind upon you. That's what you would do. Yeah, that's. No, no, no. okay. I see. I see. <laughs> I'm picturing the person who stands behind being the grinder. No, I'm the the person in front is the grinder. So you're saying the person in back is the passive role and the person in front <laughs> is the dominant role. Yeah, the person in back just like support spots. Okay, so I'm sorry to take this quick detour, but... It's okay, we got the shocker last week. We've got grinding this week. <laughs> we got the shocker last So what is the point from your perspective of grinding? Say again, my... my, my well, the point? What's the point? What are you trying to accomplish? My butt. Grinding up on your front makes you a happy boy. Okay, great. But like, is the point to make the man hard? Is that the point? Because like, from a man's perspective, it's like, am I supposed to be hard right now? Or would it be awful if I got hard? I just, I never knew. I honestly am not equipped to answer that question. I felt damned if I did, damned if I didn't. Like, if I wasn't hard, I was afraid of, I'd offend. If I was hard, I'd afraid everyone would think I would be a sex offender or something. Can you Google what's the point of grinding dance? I want to see what the internet says. And do people still do it? Yeah, let's find out. I'm sure that people still do it at, like, the club. I used to, like, grab a girl's hips and just, like, move back and forth. Move my hips and her hips in the same direction back and forth. That's right. Yeah. But like some girls got like nasty and like, like rubbed up and down like a, like a cat against a couch. <laughs> it always goes here, doesn't it? We're just horn, little horn dogs. <laughs> oh, the first thing, what, the point of, what is the point of grinding? The first thing that comes up is I've been playing turn-based RPGs for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why do Americans love grinding at parties? The response? It's sexy and fun. 
Something that you can do with a friend in college or a girlfriend. Harmless. Nobody pregnant. Nobody could get an STD. And something you're more likely to do with a friend than holding hands and slow dancing. Feels really nice. It's a good Wait, 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 wait. You're more likely to grind with a friend than slow dance with them? Is slow dancing more intimate than grinding? I I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm coming. I'm pulling us back. I'm pulling us back. Okay. Wait, can I say one thing about grinding? Of course. You when can I say was three. In, <laughs> when I was in France studying abroad the summer after my sophomore year of college, we went to a club and we literally taught Europeans to grind, which is probably the legacy I'm most ashamed of in my life. Like <laughs> we were all just grinding and then they were like, what is this? What's this? What's this? And then we kind of show them to do it. And then we left and everyone was grinding. Ryan, with no context explained, because again, that we're going to have to do just like a for once we get 15 Patreons, we get Ryan singing 20 Patreons, patrons, oopsies. We do an AMA um, and you can ask us anything. We get, we give our origin story and an AMA where you can ask us because I was going to say in terms of legacy and with no context about what this means to anyone, are you more ashamed of grinding in France or are you more ashamed of March Madness? I would say with March Madness, I feel like I did it before it was cool. Now everyone's doing it. I'm like, I wish I could do it again. I wish I could do it again. I'm proud of March Madness. It's like a maybe not the Maybe not the logistics. Maybe not the specifics. The concept. All right. All right. I'm pulling us back. Maleficent, Hmm. she's a dragon. Fire, Ryan has to grind. Maybe in France. Um, I think she's hard. And I I gave it an eight. I guess I already did this. (laughs) I also think she's hard. Requires grinding. And I I give her a nine. Just for the sheer... I think that that scans based on where you did Maleficent Human. Yeah, we're I'm just higher on Maleficent than you are. Um, okay, but then this is all just getting us ready for the big battle. Yeah. In the big keyhole room with the platform of the organs. Yeah, that's just in a moosh bouche, if you will. Yes. Mm, yes. Mm. What do you think of Riku slash Ansem? Very hard. Very hard. Killer. Because it's just you. You don't have Donald and Goofy for this one, right? Did I make that up? No, you're right. They they get locked out of the arena. And then I think there's a moment where Donald tries to attack Riku and he just sort of like tosses him out. And I give this a nine. I think that Hollow Bastion is a really, really good example of a steady incline in like both difficult of in difficulty and enjoyment in boss battles for me personally. I totally agree. It feels like a perfect ramp up. And I like that we get two bosses in different forms back to back yeah i just actually played this and it was really hard Riku sandwich a lot of ours arcanum uh-huh sonic blade sonic blades my bitch i do love what and what's the difference sonic blade you just kind of toss but they can't hurt you while you're sonic blading or arcanum sonic sonic blade is the like vroom 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 and ours arcanum is the like attack right like mm-hmm. and but you can miss you're actually more likely to miss with Arzarkanum than you are with sonic blade like sonic blade is like pretty likely to get them because it you throw the keyblade it comes back right no sonic is when you like the cloud move i feel like sonic blade is when you are like charging yes okay that's right what is the no i feel like we don't get the tossy one until birth by sleep yeah what is that called i don't know <sighs> frisbee um, key. 
Crispy Keyblade. Boomerang? Boomerang? I don't know. I'm not looking. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I I think he's got some really hard stuff towards the end when he goes into dark mode and he's just like zipping all over the arena and then he throws up all of the, you know, fire from the floor. Uh, I think you're going to be very happy to hear that I also gave this a nine. Yeah! I love when we, when we, when we agree. It's so nice. Yeah. Nine. Nothing but love. And then you get to go in the keyhole, rainbow keyhole. You get turned into a heartless. And, and then you have to go, you get turned into Heartless, which is an adorable part of the game. You go back to Traverse Town. You think it's adorable. What's funny that you say that, I was like, I feel like Sora becoming a Heartless is a trauma that we literally never talk about again. Well, it's the reason we get Roxas. Like, I feel like it's always kind of into that. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I just, he's so cute running around the castle. I know. You get to be a play as a Heartless. That is iconic. Oh. Hot toddy was too hot. You see me burn myself on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it came out the wrong hole and it just dribbled all over me. And it was... <laughs> the hot toddy stays hot. Yeah. So we, we come back to see what's in the keyhole. And let me tell you, I'm disappointed to find out that what's in that keyhole is the behemoth because it's a dumb boss battle. I think it is one of the worst heartless. It steals the moves of the dark side but has no personality. It's slow. You have to get it get get up on its back and it doesn't even really like do anything. It has so much HP. It just takes forever. It's a chore. I, I think it's easy to put down the game and quit. And it's also easy and I give it a two. I was going to say easy and I'm going to give it a 2.25. I feel like it's a prototype for a lot of the bat bosses that we get in Kingdom Hearts 2. They're like, let's like, see what happens if we start like making bigger Heartless. Like it, it's sort of evocative of the Pride Lands Heartless boss, but yeah, cool. Yeah, so those are our, those are our bosses for Hollow Bastion. And then, so one thing I want to point out that I wasn't sure about, I thought that in Olympus Coliseum, that only part of the world was required, which are the first two pre prelim boss battles with Cloud and Cerberus. Turns out the whole world is optional, but that really feels like what kind of kicks it off. Like all the cups aren't really a part of the story, but these two are a part of the, the story of the world. Well, I think, yeah, we're going to revisit the like the cup bosses in their own episode, um, but we are going to talk about Cerberus and Cloud. Did you know that Cloud, like Leon, you can win or lose and the story goes on? I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Apparently. I kind of hate when they do that. Me too. But he's hard. I, I'm just jumping right in. Cloud's hard. But he's a good, he's good. And he's like, I feel like he's our first like real, like, if you are a Square Enix person, I feel like seeing Cloud is probably fun. Like if we play Final Fantasy, like, I feel like it's a really like a technical battle. Like you have to like be a fighter. So I give it an 8.5. Really? Yeah, I'm being kind to Cloud today. Wow. I, I just don't, I don't love when a boss is optional. Like, or sorry, you could win or lose. Like, I kind of want to. Would you like to try again before you move on with the story? Like, I want some agency here. I think Cloud only really has, like, three moves. He goes, like, whom? And then he, like, jumps and hits you with his sword, or he makes a big hologram sword and hits you. I just, I don't know. I think Cloud is fine. I understand the Final Fantasy lore. But for me, he's just, he's a five. Cool. That's totally okay. With his fighting style, at least. And then Cerberus, to me, 
I like don't even rank him in terms of difficulty. I just think he's tedious and he's like, he's like annoying. Like, I think he's a, like an easy medium, but like he takes a long time to beat. And like, it's really easy to die because he's got like the, the like gloop puddles that you can hit. And I gave him a 4.75. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think this iteration of Cerberus is way better than the one in two. I think he's like a, yeah, he's got some interesting moves, but it is really annoying to like when he stands still and you have to hit the heads and they're all sort of biting at you. It's just like you get up on his back then you fall off. It's a little bit like the behemoth, which I don't like, but it's got some better moves and more personality. I don't know. I gave it a 6.5. Great. But I feel like that's a little like I was being generous. I'm gonna give it a six. I'm gonna give all it a right. six. Okay. Doesn't doesn't deserve the 0.5. Well, that about wraps up this round of bosses. Next week, we're going to the end of the world, and that's going to probably take a whole episode because there are so many bosses, and like, and I know I already have a lot to say about Come Guardian, to the point where I might go back and play all of them so I can really, because that's an easy one, to because that's like the one thing I can like go back and just play. Are you sure you want to continue? Yeah. Whoa, wait, I want to go find that spot. Do you want to enter this gentle threshold? Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you're looking to connect our hearts, follow us on Instagram at kingdomhearts underscore pod. And if you want to enter the realm of darkness that is our lives, follow us. I'm at Brooke Wiseman. And I'm at Rye Bernston. See you next week. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. The podcast.